The Ain't No Fang Podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. The Arizona Diamondbacks drop game one, five to three. The Philadelphia Phillies leave with a game one victory behind their ace, Zach Wheeler. Zach Gallen just not quite as good tonight as we are going to check in in Philadelphia. Joining us live from Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, it's our D-backs insider, Alex Weiner. You can read all of his stuff at ArizonaSports.com after the games. Alex, thanks for checking in. Uh, what is the vibe in the locker room after a game one loss for the Diamondbacks? Yeah, I think, you know, it's as good as it can be. You know, it's a disappointing to lose the first game, but this is a team that has crawled out of a lot of situations this year, and so I don't think the confidence is hit, really. Uh, it's tough to lose a game where your ace goes, but, you know, they get Merrill Kelly going tomorrow, and, and Christian Walker told us afterwards that, you know, confidence couldn't be higher and Merrill kind of riding the ship here. So, yeah, it, while, you know, obviously it stings to lose game one, it's their first loss of the postseason. It's a long series, and even if you get out of here with a split, I think that's pretty beneficial for kind of the outlook of this series. I want to get right into a little bit of minutia, if you'll let me. Corbin Carroll leads off the game with a split split bat single, and then not one opportunity or one even fake at trying to steal second base. Did you find that kind of odd? Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, he's going to pick his spots. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it sort of depends. We didn't talk to him after the game, so that would have been something to ask for sure, but maybe you want to like set the tone set the tempo by getting the running game going early but you know getting the leadoff guy on for the two three and four hole hitters you kind of want to get the offense into some sort of rhythm there um so yeah while in the moment you're like okay i wonder when he goes and then he never ends up doing it you know that's that might be a situation where like if you can't move him over offensively anyway then um that was more of the problem there i mean they, they really couldn't touch wheeler those first five innings uh and I mean, ultimately, just the difference in where the score was at when Gallon left and when we were the left. I mean, that made the difference in the game. Diamondbacks hitters in the three, four, five, and six holes in their lineup combined 0 for 14 tonight. The approach just didn't feel right. Lots of swings and misses tonight. Do you attribute that to the crowd noise and the environment? Is that the reason why? No, not really. Uh, I mean, it's possible some guys were amped up and pressing Walker so he didn't feel like anybody was pressing necessarily uh, Wheeler was on it I mean he was tremendous as far as the command with the fastball and the sinker mixing a couple of sweepers here and there but uh, he was really kind of speeding guys up darting the edges I mean he was terrific so I think credit is where credit's due as far as what it, Zach Wheeler was able to do um, you know Tori Lavello also said he didn't feel like you know they went the entire game without putting together some decent at-bats either uh that might be one situation where good pitching beat you know the offense but you know certainly uh there was a lot of swing and miss um they needed to adjust a little bit quicker to him uh as far as what they were seeing so and, and they've, they've seen him before um so this wasn't the first look at wheeler he, he was using the fastball sinker probably a little bit more than he had been in the past but um yeah this was just he was on it tonight was there anything about the phillies that stood out to you because you you've been following this team the Diamondbacks in particular all season long. And it wasn't that long ago that they faced the Phillies in Arizona. Was there anything that stuck out to you as maybe different about the Phillies this time around than a couple of months ago? I mean, their offense is on it right now. I mean, the power game has been tremendous for them this postseason leading up to the postseason those last couple of months. Uh, And then, 
I, I don't know if there was anything particularly different about this Phillies lineup. I mean, they were they were pretty locked in and they jumped on Gallon. Um, that was, you know, to attack early pitch, early count pitches, early count fastballs uh, was clearly in the cards for them. I mean, Kyle Schwarber, first pitch of the game, fastball over the plate, hammers it. Harper, first pitch he sees, fastball over the plate, hammers it. Those are a couple other instances where they just got on him early in counts. So uh, I, I, I don't know if there was anything particularly different. I mean, Harper has been firing lately. That's huge. Trey Turner didn't have, you know, a crazy game tonight. He had got a, he got on base. He, he did a couple of things, if I remember correctly. I think he hit a double. Um, but... You know he's been firing lately, and Castellanos this postseason has five home runs in his last three games. I mean, this is a team that's red hot, uh, and if you're going to, you know, have mistakes over the plate, this is not the, you know, this is the team that can burn. It's more equipped to burn you, I should say, more than most, given exactly, you know, the type of power arm, the type of power hitters that they have in the lineup. Talking with our D-backs insider, Alex Weiner. He's checking in live from Philadelphia after game one. Uh, to go back on Kyle Schwarber for a second, First pitch home run. We know he's capable of that. He's a pretty non-traditional leadoff hitter, I guess you would say. He's hitting 172 in the postseason, but this is what he's doing at the top of the lineup. He can alter the course of an entire game in the first at-bat of the game. I, I I don't know that the offense gets started the way that it did without him hitting that home run. He may be good for one hit a game, but it's probably going to go over the fence every now and then. So uh, juxtaposed with what the Diamondbacks have leading off and Corbin Carroll, who can make things happen in a lot of different ways, it's just a very non-traditional way of looking at the top of the lineup. Yeah. Um, ton of power. He gets on base a lot. He does walk a lot. So you do have that on base percentage there. He hits below the Mendoza line. I mean, he did in the regular season. Uh but he hit 47 home runs in the regular season. And um, in a game like this, where you're going up against somebody's ace and they, he gets a fastball in the zone where he wants it, I mean, it, it kind of felt like it was kind of jarring to see the first pitch of the ball game just soar over the right field fence uh, and getting this crowd really into it. So, yeah, that was, I mean, he, that's what he's there for. I mean, he's a he's been an incredible power hitter throughout the majority of his career. Um, the ability for him to get on base, that's that's something that keeps him at the top of the order, even if he's not hitting a ton of singles. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it, you know, if he walks a few times, great. But, I mean, he can really get a hold of one if you make a mistake. And that was middle-middle from Zach. Alex Weiner, our lead Arizona Diamondbacks writer, checking in from Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia after the Diamondbacks drop game one of the NLCS 5-3 to the Philadelphia Phillies. Did you notice anything different about Gallon's approach tonight? I mean, obviously, first pitch home run, but did you notice anything else different? Uh, just the command on the fastball wasn't great. I mean, just, you know, a couple of pitches that he left right over the middle, and he talked about it after. He, he thought he felt fine. He just mislocated a couple of fastballs, and, you know, in his words, if, you know, that first pitch is, you know, a little bit more off the plate, maybe it's a fly out instead of an absolute, you know, bank over the fence. So, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if there was anything you know, hugely like different other than just an execution standpoint. Talk to me about the bullpen usage. Were you surprised at all that Tori Lovello turned to Kyle Nelson, Miguel Castro, and Luis Frias, who did very well tonight um, in hindsight, but honestly were not the three big high leverage relievers that he usually turns to. Were you surprised that he didn't use any of Thompson, Ginkle, or Seawald tonight in a close game? Definitely like in the eighth inning um, or even when they brought in Castro, where you know i, I kind of was like thinking 
this would usually be a spot for Ryan Thompson at this point. I mean, the D-backs have a deep bullpen, and the guys got it done tonight. I mean, and Miguel Castro's been pretty good uh, for the most part pretty much since the start of September and through now. And Luis Frias has been terrific since he's come back up. So they have a deep arsenal. But, yeah, I was a little bit surprised that we didn't see Ginkle or, or Thompson uh, in this game. But, um, you know, the fact that the other guys kept them in it, I mean, it sets them up pretty well for tomorrow to have those guys locked up ready to go. I was going to ask you that in a follow-up. And the use of Kyle Nelson and Miguel Castro and Luis Frias – you resultingly don't have to use any of that core four with Saul, Frank Thompson, Seawald, and Ginkle. And you know for a fact that in game four, there's probably going to be a heavy use of a lot of arms. So the I would say, like you just said at the end, the benefit has to be on the side of the Diamondbacks in terms of not having had used those bullpen arms tonight, right? I would say more so for tomorrow than game four. I mean, they're going to have an off day. I mean, you never know what happens in game three. So um, I don't think this impacts game four much at all. But, yeah, for tomorrow, I mean, you have a well-rested back end of the bullpen. So if it's a one-run game, if you're trying to hold on to a lead, it's a little bit different. I I was a little bit surprised that they didn't go to one of those guys, like, in the seventh or eighth innings. But ultimately, the guys that they went to got done. All right, Alex Weiner, our D-backs insider, checking in live from Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. All right, thanks, Alex. I appreciate you checking in with us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow after Game 2, all right? Sounds good, boys. Thank you. You're going to want to be here tomorrow for Game 2, right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. At 5 o'clock, you're going to want to see what happens in that Game 2. All right, for my radio partner, Mitch Vareldis, for everyone who made the show happen tonight, I am Steve Zinsmeister. We want to thank you so much for spending the evening here with us on the Arizona Sports. Sports NLCS postgame special.